Hi, this is Skinny Dick, and you're listening to The Northern Report with Sean Burns. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, friends. Welcome to The Northern Report podcast. I am your host, Sean Burns, from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and I'm coming right at you tonight from Lethbridge, Alberta. A fitting location, to be sure as the windy city here in the southern region of the province is where today's guest hangs his hats, hits the ball, and runs the bases. I'm proud to finally welcome top quality songwriter and steel guitarist, my good friend Ryan Skinny Dick, onto the show. We spoke about a variety of things not limited to his new EP, Palace Waiting, that's being released this Friday. Friends, the moon is shining bright into room 408 of the Quality Inn on this chilly September evening, and I'll thank Nancy, the general manager here at the hotel, for always taking special care of me when I roll through Lethbridge. Also spent some time making permanent changes to my body with my pal Brendan Brown at Nectar Fine Tattooing in downtown Lethbridge this evening as I'm breezing through from one show to another good folks here in LA. A reminder to our friends, fans, and enemies in Winnipeg, Manitoba, the tickets are available now on Eventbrite for my show at the Times Changed High and Lonesome Club on Saturday, September 24th. Sean Burns and Lost Country will be joined by Carter Felker in from Calgary, Alberta to open the show, making his Winnipeg debut. Tickets are also available for the show Sunday, September 25th at the TNA Garage, a dynamite house concert venue in a Winnipeg neighborhood that is well beyond my tax bracket. Grant Siemens and I will open that show as a duo, warming up the stage for Carter Felker. I'll have a couple more Winnipeg dates in December, but in the between time, my fill-in role on the standing up and sideways bass guitars for Core Blund and the Hurt and Albertans has blossomed into a full-time position with the group, and we're going to be embarking on another lengthy tour of the U.S. for seven weeks over October and November. Dates and tickets can be found at coreblund.com. It's been four months since my last episode of the podcast, one that featured the aforementioned Carter Felker, Carter was also the subject of my most recent and what was my final contribution to the Honky Tonk Times magazine with the Northern Report column. I departed on good terms and I wish them all the best moving forward. It's been a wild ride since that last time we spoke. Sarah Lynn and I welcomed our baby daughter Violet Moon into the world on July 26th. Uh, My dad leave came to an end this week and I'm back out here and after it. Happy to bring you today's conversation with Skinny. And uh, full disclosure, uh, I'll say it's a little bit different than any of the previous episodes to date. As Ryan and I are good pals. You know, he's played on four of my albums, done a healthy amount of touring as steel guitarist for Lost Country and in duo shows with me over the last handful of years. Uh, It's a dry, sarcastic little window into a pair of good friends challenging and critiquing one another. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and I hope that you're going to enjoy my chat today with Skinny Dick. Twang savant Skinny Dick has put on weight since his 2020 debut LP, Get to Know Lonesome, a delight to fans of traditional country music, but an equal measure with an alternative leading audience. Getting his start on the scene over 10 years ago was part of a band called Treeline that after some changes eventually settled into the role as backing band for Alberta's gutsy honky-tonk queen, Shayla Miller. Skinny's live and studio session credits as a songwriter and or steel guitarist include albums from Shayla, Marielle Buckley, The Millwrights, Sean Burns and Lost Country, and others. He spearheaded the 2017 compilation record 21 Nighters that shone a light on municipal and regional artists from across Western Canada. But now, the spotlight is firmly set on this bright Mennonite boy from Coaldale, Alberta, 
who's making waves here at home and abroad with his brand of country music. Recorded and produced in Texas by the great Billy Horton, Skinny makes strides on his latest EP, Palace Waiting, which is out this Friday, September 16th, on Sound Asleep Records. The album includes In On The Upswing and TV Blue, both previously released as a 7-inch single earlier this year. Folks, stick around, because at the conclusion of our chat, we're going to debut a cut from the upcoming EP. That's right, folks. Another episode and another world premiere track unveiling right here on the Humble Northern Report podcast. As Tim Huss once said, Keep working, Bernsey. You'll get there someday. Hello? What's going on, pal? Hey, not much. How are you? Good. What, uh, you're all good? You're, uh, you're good, to, good to do this? Yeah, I'm good. Please proceed. <laughs> Kids are in bed? Uh, no. Oh, really? No. Hectic. Maybe one, maybe one halfway. As a card-carrying member of the real world now, I can I can say like uh, I can have more patience with people. <laughs> like yeah, go ahead, take take a few minutes. Yeah, and I looked forward to this day. Did you really? I, though? I I knew it would come, so I was never too impatient. But I did look forward to to like a slight humbling on for for me. Well, and I think you yourself knew it was coming too, and knew that there would be this change. If, you know, I think I committed to uh, other huge changes in my life and just accepted them. Uh, so this was a little easier, maybe. Mm. Uh, I don't think that I said uh, congratulations on the album. I'm not sure if I said that. I, I've told you all the, like all the things I didn't like about it. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought you were going to be more forthcoming. I didn't hear too much from you. You thought I was going to give you more shit. I hoped so. Uh, I think it's really good. No, no shitting you. And I, I'm not sure if I said congratulations on the album, but I wanted to say congratulations on the album. Well, thanks, my friend. It, it's a. I'm calling it an EP, but you can proceed as you like. <laughs> Is it okay if I uh, I tell the vast listenership here that you you suggested an EP is not a full artistic effort and that's why it's only on uh, CD and digital? That's yeah. Well, I mean, the for, regardless of the format, uh, the answer to the first statement is yes. And he, you know, yeah. Okay, okay. Then why eight songs? What's the deal with that? Because I told you that that bothered me, and and I and I think I have to bring it up. So, well, there are six songs on the EP, technically plus two bonus songs. It served to confuse. Um, a few folks already, <laughs> but, uh, and with respect to that, I like this idea of, uh, you know, including something special on one particular format or whatever, or something exclusive, you know, I like that. It's, I think it was kind of an old school thing, or at least, you know, in the streaming world today, it's nice to offer something to the, to the people that are still af- after the physical formats. So the bonus tracks aren't going to be available on the streaming platforms. That's correct. What the, uh, would that be? Yeah. Okay. Didn't, you didn't? Okay. No, I mean, I, to, to be fair, I didn't fully uh, investigate the Google Drive that you sent. I just listened. I, told, <laughs> I just told you I, I need to listen to it five times before we talk. Yeah, uh, no, you're operating on limited intel. That's okay, that, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Now I look like a real, uh, like I, I, I mean, I will admit, <laughs> this is the most underprepared I've, I've come into an interview because, based on the nature of our relationship, it's appalling that it's taken thirty episodes to get you to agree to have a conversation with me. But I thought, you know, I know the answer to so many of the questions that I would normally ask that I could just kind of go in and we could just, uh, you know, have a natural conversation about the record. Yeah, I think that would play out better than the preconceived thing, and yeah. Okay, so with the eight songs, with, with the, another thing I want to talk about is the running order. Because so you released the seven inch, the singles, which uh, in on the upswing and TV Blue, correct? Yes. Great video for TV Blue, by the way. Like I thought that was sort of really a perfect presentation of the song. That's uh, little little Jack films in Saskatchewan. Yes. How did that happen? You working with him and, and, and how much of that was sort of 
detailed before you guys shot the video like was this your idea his vision was it a, a collaboration um well i'll let you in on something we filmed that music video twice um <laughs> you already know this he um we tried to make it in edmonton and then uh, i guess we'll just i don't know what we'll call it but uh it was a, a mishap of sorts that led to a file being destroyed okay <laughs> which which sounds pretty funny in the digital age we live in no that, doubt uh, you know so whatever we ended up having to shoot this again at a different location i think it was kind of uh uh you know a joint effort some of my ideas and some of his and uh he shoots some stuff on his vhs camera and of course i thought well that's kind of silly let's do that yeah yeah he, and yeah, so uh, work yeah, he does some nice stuff, and he's pretty soft-spoken and, and listens, and you know, nothing felt too contrived, and and then it was over. What was the Dirtbag Motel location that you know that served as location? <laughs> That's the Sunset Motel on Highway Three in Fort McLeod, Alberta. Your stomping grounds. Yeah, that's that's in the neighborhood. I will say that it, uh, if it was someone else, I might be a little suspicious, but having spent time with you on the road and seeing the, the, the places that you actually choose to bed down in for an evening, uh, it seemed, it seemed fitting because yeah, you're not, uh, you're not too fussy. You kind of want the, uh, the experience, I guess. Oh, I'm, I'm willing to tolerate some suffering in the, in the spirit of, uh, experience and, uh, you know, spontaneity. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I won't go as far, you know, and that's changed. I've gotten a little more picky as people do as they age, you know, I won't, won't stay in the flea infested, whatever joint anymore, but there were days where <laughs> not, not even that long ago, not that long ago. On TV blue, uh, there's a line, there's a line um, uh, about the glow of the TV. What's the line? Um, I meant to write this down. Well, oh yeah, on the course. Yeah, uh, I'll paint the walls so they glow like they used to do. TV blue. Do you remember forcibly making me to co-write songs with you when we were on a duo tour in Northern British Columbia? Uh, yeah, and I believe that I lifted this line. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we haven't had this discussion, but no. I, I'm not sure if it's verbatim, but it was certainly this in that. Yeah, uh, I lifted it. Bro. In our song, second time around, if you'll recall, <laughs> uh, which I think is a re I think is a good country music song. We we right, yeah. we used the blue glow of the TV, and that was your it's okay. your line. So you pilfered your your own line. Yeah, but those those can they can live they can live together. Those yeah. Well, one day I'm gonna record that song, and uh, and some some. Uh, enthusiastic loser 30 years from now might put it together that we we've kind of, kind of crossed paths there and i don't want anyone to suggest that i'm that i'm ripping you off when no I, you well know. yeah we'll let the record it's, reflect that this is how it happened it's your line anyways <laughs> you know okay so you were for you were forcibly making me co-write songs with you and and we we had three or four there was some lines here and there like that i gave you or you gave me and w as i recall this was all a, a result of you being in this songwriting club you want to talk about that for a little bit and and how that sort of got you motivated to write more consistently yeah the, the club you speak of is now i guess we're probably coming on about four years of doing this where we submit a song every month or some assemblage of a song and the threshold for what constitutes a song is quite low <clears throat> but <laughs> you hold yourself to account and the point is that you go about a writing exercise a song go down the journey of a song every month and have to submit something by midnight on the first day in the time zone you're in Okay. And and know that yeah, there's been a dispute or two. Um <laughs> anyways, it's been so great for me cuz it's just as I say it's made me um you know, made me uh keep keep a rhythm with songwriting. Did and you not just rely on the inspiration when it Right. Did you need yeah. that? Did you need that to to in order to write the songs? Cuz it seems like you're a pretty prolific guy like and your songs are are really smart and you're a smart guy like I always thought you just wrote songs often. Well, 
Um, no, not like in the last sort of five years before I kind of started on this artist solo path, whatever I'm calling it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it it's been a it's been the perfect sort of jolt um, to to keep me keep me doing it, and, and a lot of the songs, both on this EP and uh, and uh, get to know Lonesome record, my first one are from those from that club submissions you know you submit half a song and maybe get a little feedback from it's just a few few friends of mine that are in the thing and uh and if you don't submit you have to pay a 100 bucks and and know that that um that provision is enforced <laughs> what happens to the money at the end of the year the money goes the money's distributed amongst the membership um to do with as they choose okay well that's fair we do have a an annual general meeting slash uh, summer social, you, where I expect that we more than <laughs> you know the the liquor order at least probably. Anyways, you know, <laughs> I can't talk about it. I can't talk about yeah. what we do with the money. <laughs> the summer social. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, your sort of transition into this solo artist thing because it's such a huge part of your story. I guess would be would be all the side sideman jobs you've done over the years and it's something i did want to bring up too uh i wasn't it wasn't essential it's not on my list i did write a list by the way of yes yeah. oh you do yeah yeah i did and Shows. i was i was <laughs> i was wondering you know i mean obviously you play with shayla miller an awful lot and i guess that would remain to be your only side playing gig at the moment correct yeah that's uh i've kind of said recently that that's sort of uh i'm gonna keep it to my thing and her thing and she's been pretty busy especially in this last year yeah and that's enough you know it's like the it wasn't so long ago where i would just overcommit myself and uh i guess like so many people i i would still uh um suggest that that's the best approach if you want to be a musician is to take almost everything at least at the start right Mm -hmm. and i certainly that's the school i uh attended um, but it just, you know, it was too much and now I'm in a position where, yeah, just do what I want, I guess. What took you so long? Because you've been writing songs for a long time and you've, and some of the, some of your older songs are still really strong, strong. And, and, and I'm sure you probably play some of them in your show still, but you, so what took you so long to finally sort of do this and, and want to be your own, your own act? I just did it cause of COVID not, you know, whatever. So it was just an opportunity came up and then I just did it. And uh, kept going with it. So you took, yeah, yeah, because I, re- I recall you, you saying like, "We're gonna, I'm gonna make this record in my living room." This is get to know lonesome. Yes. And there's no gigs. There's nothing going on. It's, it's, no. It's the like the the height of the pandemic, and you and you get together with your buddy Evan Yushenko, correct? Yeah, Evan and I. Yeah, that was in like March of 2020, and things were just breaking. Mm-hmm. And I remember even when we were in there for five, six days or whatever. And uh, yeah, it was just such early times with the pandemic, whatever. You didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And did that. And then, uh, you know, it was kind of a full year before we could play any shows or anything. But you just had those songs kicking around or w- w- like, had you been considering making a record at all on, on as your own, as your own name? Um, I think maybe a little bit. And I probably talked to you about it at the time too. And yeah. Just kind of, um, you know, when it might do this, might do that, and it was just, uh, it was just an opportunity that uh, availed itself, and <clears throat> we got her done. With the writing of the tunes, like, uh, and I, I guess especially if you're under the gun, and knowing you, I mean, with all due respect, you probably wait till the the very last minute before you craft the song that you're sending in to the to the other members of this club. Am I am I right to think that? Oh yeah, it's usually the the night of the first. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not till I see an email at like nine from the first guy submitting. I'm like, oh shit, it's the first. <laughs> I kid you not. That, yeah. And do you have like a do you have like a list like a like a list of ideas of notes of of voice memos or just do you ever just sit down and go cold? Um, I've always got something. Like I just I open up the Bible like anyone else, you know, whether that's on the phone or a notebook and. Uh, and start to work through something. You usually sit down with a guitar like every other. And um, yeah, get through get through something. 
And then oftentimes the way things will work is okay for the next month or whatever month down the road, finish that song. And that, that constitutes a valid submission. Okay. Yeah. There's no, there's a, there's a real legal certainty that, um, (laughs) (laughs) and we put things to the test and, and there is a formal appeal provision, you know, if someone wants to challenge another member's song. The uh, the bonus tracks on the new record are are deadly. The Porter Wagner cover really came out. Do you like that? Oh man, that came out so great. And and uh, <laughs> and the playing on the record is fantastic. Your steel playing is really great, man. And it's like it's right in your face. This not what are you calling it? Uh, uh, it's not lo-fi. It's mid-fi. Is that what you're referring to this as? I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty slick. Some of it's really slick. Like I I I, I read one of the reviews where someone said something about Billy Sherrill style production. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I, that was cool. I, I read that too. Getting that off of, uh, cutting off all ties was, uh, was what I, what I sort of tied that one to. Right. Yeah. But on the bonus tracks, the line I wanted to <laughs> bring up, which the first time I heard it, I, I told you I need to listen to the record, uh, front to back, like at least five times I was making that's, supper or that's something. Cr- I mean, kudos to you that you actually do that. It's, it's yeah. only, it's only eight songs. So it didn't take that long. Well, um, I know, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm still drinking mercilessly, but it holds yeah. no power over me. I'm st- I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's such a you line. And I, I fucking just laughed out loud in the kitchen. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. 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 Okay. I try to evoke a little playfulness or a little, you know, if, if I'm, if I, if I'm doing anything right, uh, I'm, I'm slipping in the odd little poetic, you know, sleight of hand or whatever like that. That's the stuff that, um, that I like in songwriting oftentimes, you know, mm-hmm. as, as much as I like just, you know, straight ahead, shake your perm, good country. I, uh, when it comes to songwriters, I like the ones that do that little, the devious and little playful things or whatever. Uh, hey, who's counting? Um, is another one I want to talk to you about. It's the first track on the on the album. Uh, yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, kind of weird. Hey, I'm a, and I read this. It's so unsettling. Re- I know. Not that there's many reviews, but uh, I read something the other day that called it a plotter. That song. Yeah, it was a British (laughs) review. Opens with a plotter, and I just love that. I thought for sure it would open with one of the songs, you know, from the seven inch single, like in on the upswing. I'm like, I I was, I was uh, like, like, you know, jokingly, but I I was like, I was like, why doesn't the fucking record start with this one? This is exactly what it should start with. And then, well, no, no. And and then, and it's like, it starts with this other one and I really, really like it, but I'm fucking, I'm unset. I'm unsettled. It sounds so sad to me. It's a little odd. Hey, and that's what I think, I guess, speaking of this, this bunch of songs, um, generally and uh, as to why I went with an EP because we were we recorded 10 songs actually okay over for these sessions and I felt like it was there wasn't enough sort of cohesion there wasn't enough of a common thread and I get you know whatever that means whether it's the sonics or the style mm-hmm. but I, I felt like there wasn't enough to really tie the whole group together into an album you know, because because a good album, like I mean, it has that's that's what maybe separates a good album from just an album. Well, okay, it's ten songs. That's an album. Well, a good album has that whatever magic that makes it. You know, it just makes sense um, as a grouping. All the songs, and and I sort of felt like with this batch that I didn't have that. And maybe that's why there's a few kind of, you know, there's a couple kind of traditional country tunes like the upswing song and right there on the vine. And then there's these other ones like, Hey, who's counting is kind of this moody, I don't know, plotter. Well, um, and I think, I think this is, it's, it's probably just me. So it's the, the one, the, the reason that I, I feel like that the, there's this like uh, sadness to the, to the song. It's not necessarily all the lyrics, but there's uh, there is one lyric that reminds me of a, of time and a place and a person. And it's a sad situation. So like, w- w- are we counting pints? Is this, is this a song about drinking? Are we counting, <laughs> are, we, are we counting down the hours until the guy kills himself? Like I'm, 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 I'm seriously wondering. Well, respectfully, because I really like. Yeah, the song. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I'll reserve my answer. I think okay. I think I like that it's ambiguous enough that it's not quite certain as to what the uh, what the protagonist is counting. You know, maybe it's uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I like that about it. That's and then that's generally what I sometimes try to go for in my writing mm-hmm. is a uh, is enough ambiguity that um, there's enough appreciable paths that the list, listener can go down. You know, in their interpretation. Skinny Dick is a uh, mysterious country singer. Well. I like to have, you know, I like to, I'm a bit of a private person, I guess. I like sure. to remain, I like to remain behind the veil. I like some translucence. Yeah, they're not like, uh, you're not like uh, laying it all out there with personal stuff in the material. Well, but I mean, sometimes I, I feel like I completely reveal myself in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Give um, me an example, if, 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 if you're willing. Well, maybe that's more in, in the last record, you know. It's, yeah. Like the title track, Get to Know Lonesome. I mean, that was a period where, uh, you know, those those songs, I was going through stuff that um, I think was probably pretty clear in, in the batch that um, having times. Yeah. Whereas with these, you know, and, and some of the stuff and and again, I don't know, it's odd because, we did, again, we recorded 10 songs and here's six. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's not because I didn't like all of them. Some of them I didn't like as much, but I, I again just felt that there was a group that um, it didn't it didn't warrant a full an album. It didn't get the gold star that's needed that's the criteria to be an album. Okay, that's me just yeah. being a little hard on myself, but sure. you know that's how I like to be. Yeah, I, it. I mean, it's it's better than you think it is. Like I'm not, I'm not even just speaking as your friend. Sure. Like I, I mean, yeah, I, sure. I, re- I really, do, I really do think that. And uh, well, well, are, well, those other two songs that that didn't make the cut at all. Are, like, are you gonna just hold on to that stuff, or is that something that you would ever let people hear or release? No, they'll just they're just on the CDs. No, the two that the, the, the like there's eight. Yeah. But the the other yeah. two, the other two. Oh, oh, the additional two. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The two that are okay. Yeah. So no, probably not. Okay. Probably not. Those just didn't do it for you. Maybe in the estate. <laughs> okay okay well you, you guys you guys had great success with the uh, with recording and releasing get to know lonesome like you and evan uh really worked well together and you had you had some experience playing uh, in in shayla's band together before I, I guess but like what was it about him that uh that made you want to be sure to include him in in recording that album well and you know what it was now come to think of it is that we made that record with shayla the month before Oh. And so we had we had kind of reconnected. I mean, we're old friends, but we had reconnected a bit, okay. and um, that just then just played out that way. And you said, "Hey, come over." He he had you guys recorded it to what some some old tape machine, correct? Yeah, he's had an uh, eight track machine that we recorded it to. What was the machine? Someone's going to want to know. It's a Tascam three eighty eight. And you guys just made it, just you and him. There was like Shayla maybe sang on some stuff, or maybe was did Tyler Bird sing on there too? Um, no, Shayla, Shayla sang on two, I believe, and, and that was it. And that was it, just in house, literally in your living room, the place where I have slept tons of times. <laughs> totally, yeah. Where I've watched TV with your kids. Uh, yeah, that's that was so the great. Spot. Okay, that's the spot. So you put the record out. It's really, it's re- really great C- country record. And then there's this song on there called "Dreamin'," which is like totally stands out in a way. Uh, like like way more standing out on that record than say like Jackson Hole or Hey Who's Counting Des on the on the new one. Okay, yeah. See, that's interesting because, and I I don't disagree, but um, I guess I just felt like, or looking back and thinking about that song in the context of the batch of songs and Get to Know Lonesome, that it it, it just had an ability to sort of um, uh, connect connect the songs together maybe that's more i'm just speaking emotionally and that's my own limited vantage point because of course i authored the songs well yeah i mean i i i know you so i i can hear a song and and, and or hear some lines and, and know that okay that's that's ryan's song like that's 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 you but pe- people who don't know you might say where does this song come from in in this batch of tunes but the reason i want to bring it up it's like at the time at the time of our conversation here you're like you're you're coming in on three million streams on that song which is yeah which is a lot more than than your second place song oh <laughs> it sure is no 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 but i mean did, did you when you guys were recording this record that first record did, did that you ever occur to you like this would be the one that had legs no not really i just knew it was kind of different it was kind of cool mm-hmm. um and you know what it was the one kind of old song of that batch all the others were kind of fresh 
and that was the one older song that I kind of finished, um, you know, shortly in advance of that recording. Even playback, like not, during none of the process of writing or recording playback, did you say to yourself, "This is this is the one"? Like I, I feel like you I definitely knew so. there was something to that one because I remember you sent that. That might have been one of the first ones you sent to me, anyways. Okay, well, it must it did stick out, and maybe that's why I felt like sending it because I knew it was kind of cool because it was different. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, and it's got a but, lot of love. It's got a lot of love, and like you say, it's like, well, people probably hear that song, and then they listen to the rest of the stuff, they're like, oh, weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I don't know that, but because, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, don't, it fucking doesn't. It doesn't so, really matter. So you obviously, uh, you really dug working with Evan and, 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 uh, and with what Evan brings to the table, but for Palace Waiting, you go down to Texas to Billy Horton's place and you bring Evan along. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, there's been a few points in, in our friendship where we're just, we're eating the same sandwiches. We're just on the same wavelength. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that kind of worked the first time around. And I thought, you know, uh, in the, you know, the myriad of decision making that, that came about, you know, when I was deciding what to do with the second thing, I, um, I thought, well, I should, I should bring Evan along. That makes sense. I don't want to go down there alone. Why am I even going down there? If I'm going to go, I'm going to bring a friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what, yeah. what, what made you decide to go to Billy's and, uh, and, and was he cool with you bringing someone down? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny. I mean, our conversations as as things go the first conversations are just feeling each other out and i guess you know backing up i i uh i wanted to work with him after hearing um the the one particular charlie crockett record actually oh god i can't even think of the name of it now the james hand trip no the one before You'll look it up while we're talking. And I just felt like the the sounds on that thing, it was just had the right amount of, um, you know, openness and airiness and, and raw sounding kind of, you could, I just love the sound of it. It sounded like the records in, in, in some way, it sounded like the records that I love from the sixties and that I know you love too. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, those those guys are are scholars of that stuff down there. Especially, uh, you know, I came to came to learn that intimately as I got to know Billy. But that's what brought me to him in the first place, and it was great getting to know him because there's no website, there's no no yeah. Facebook, Instagram page, there's nothing, right? Mm -hmm. the, well, maybe there's a little thing, but it's not. There's no, you know, actual real presence. You have no clue what you're getting. So it was a couple phone calls, and I was still. I'm like, Ugh, man, I don't even. I don't know. I'm not really getting a huge read from this guy. I said, he listened to the first record and he said it was like, it was something so modest. He's, he's hilarious. He's such, a, <laughs> uh, you have to earn your compliments from him. And I like that, of course. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And he said something like, yeah, you know, yeah, it was, it was like, I don't even know if the word good came out. <laughs> and so some of that maybe is what, uh, and there's some other charming things and I don't know what pushed me over the edge eventually, but I'm like, okay, yeah, we're doing it, and uh, I knew there was risk and stuff. But of course, to you have to take risks in this uh, in this biz and being an artist. Was it uh, was it the Valley? Yes, the, the Valley. Valley, the Valley. Yes. So, so you love the way that record sounds, and you, I got to find the guy that made this record to make my record. Yeah, Cla I thought. Well, move. I think, and Evan and I maybe went down that rabbit hole one night listening to it. It's like, okay, let's look. Through, yeah, here's why don't we do this. Uh, but yeah, classic move, right? Yeah, look him up in the phone. Look him up in the phone book. Here we go. <laughs> so what? What did like Evan played bass and drums on "Get to Know Lonesome" and some guitar, right? Yeah. So what was his role going down to Texas into this new, you know, legendary territory? Like, what? What, what was the? What was the plan? You you were gonna well, play was, steel <laughs> and guitar, and uh, maybe yeah, wasn't even. Um, very firm <laughs> and we were uh that was thrown in our face the first day when we met billy he said yo so speaking to evan we just pulled up to his place which is about a half hour outside of austin you know he's got a couple acres and some horses kind of rustic thing 
and uh hi hi a couple shake hands oh is this, so you're gonna play bass and evan's like well i i think so and billy kind of looks at him and looks at me like what the you know <laughs> yeah, yeah it was kind of kind of funny moment but that that's sort of uh that's yeah that's how we came into it but he did end up playing the bass evan played bass he played a bass and a little bit of guitar billy overdubbed some upright billy's uh upright player great upright player mm-hmm. yeah who uh who else is on there playing playing lead guitar and playing drums um jay moeller's playing drums uh-huh. he's, he's uh, had a nice time getting to know him um great drummer great drummer yeah uh played with thunderbirds yeah for years and a whole host of others and who's picking Um, on uh right there on the vine that's that's specifically who i'm who i'm okay his name is dave biller i'm pretty sure it's dave i'm almost positive session guy um he did that while we were there i might have been getting sandwiches during that session i can't remember but (laughs) uh it's uh it's like it's like uh roy nichols meets a a little bit of red folk art it gives it gives it a real stranger's vibe so there's great playing there's really great playing there's great interplay there's some keys on there some organ maybe there's uh there's you playing a lot of great steel and and some really great lead guitar playing how much of this shit is worked out in your mind or between you and evan before you get down there and how much of it is billy sort of telling you guys how it's gonna go well it's pro it's like probably i'd say like 90 percent billy and he's a guy that um i can't you know he's a staunch traditionalist and he knows the records that you and i love like pretty mm-hmm. inside and out and a, a million others and um it was an interesting sort of ongoing conversation about traditionalism and uh boundaries and you know his approach oftentimes was, uh, well, you're doing it like this, right? I mean, you, you, you got to do it. Why wouldn't you do it like this? What's mm-hmm. wrong with, and it might, <laughs> what's wrong with you might come next or something like that. Yeah. Which, yeah. which was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, um, yeah. And he's, uh, you know, he wasn't cracking a smile when he was saying that oftentimes. So I was like, all right, yeah, no, we're doing it this way. And that's why you hire a producer, I guess. Right. But, um, that was, uh, that was this project. It was, it was a lot of those decisions, his, um, his direction. And, uh, that's cool. Right. Like for example, um, in, uh, right there on the vine, I was doing this, uh, playing it alive or demoing it or whatever beforehand. And I was doing this kickoff on the steel. That was a a figure that never reoccurred in the song. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't even realize that. I thought this is this thing I do. It's like, what, you know, it's just, it's, I do it at the front and the back and it's over. And he said, well, why on earth would you do that? The listener is never brought back to this thing, you know? And uh, so he had some of this very pragmatic sort of, uh, uh, you know, production, uh, yeah, this his methodology. We stuck with it. Was that the first time you worked with somebody like that who was like the the clear sort of decision maker, bus driver, even on your like uh, you know, yes. on other sessions when you were just uh playing steel for someone? Oh, I guess not. I mean, on some sessions that I've worked on um there's been, you know, a producer with a very pointed and um clear direction of what they wanted but it wasn't i felt like so kind of guided by an aesthetic it was just their preference right whereas this with billy was it wasn't just because it it didn't feel like this is just because it was always done this way or this is how grady martin would have done it you know it's Mm -hmm. like it was because this is the school that this type of music comes from and it has boundaries and it has, you know, the work within limits, and then it has the sweet spot. And let's go for that sweet spot or whatever, if that makes sense. Would you, in the future, want to do something where you're kind of taking the lead as a producer, or you do you dig that sort of that 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 process of having someone sort of be the big brother? Well, I th- I think I would be happy to do it again, and now having the the benefit of of some experience with that type of approach, I'd be uh, better equipped for success. Um, but I think in the next, you know, the next thing I do, I'd, I'd probably be wanting to, uh, steer the horses a little more myself. 
I think it's great that you did this, went down there, like found this person, went down there and had uh, some great players playing on the record. Like it's really good playing on Get to Know Lonesome, but it's it's like it's a, it's a step up going down there and, and hanging with those real dudes. Yeah, totally. And it's... Um, and yeah, like a lot of people would have just sort of been content doing the same thing again or like, you know, or attempting to do the same thing again. And you haven't done that here. And that that's another reason why I think it stands out to me as, as like a, a little bit of a step up overall. Yeah, and that's exactly, that's that's great. And I don't want to begin repeating myself. And, you know, maybe the next thing I do is in a bedroom again. Mm-hmm. But it'll be different in some ways. So I think this was a cool experience. And, uh, yeah. The record comes out on Friday, September 16th, and it's being released by some folks in Sweden. You want to tell me about uh, about this label and how you got hooked up with these guys? <laughs> yeah, we got... I. Uh, uh, so he's just a small label. His name's uh, Jurker Emanuelsson. And he runs a thing called Sound Asleep Records. And he put me, he approached me to put a song on a compilation from a song from Get to Know Lonesome, um, you know, whatever, after 2020, 2021. And then we were, we started the conversation about what's coming next. And uh, he expressed, expressed some interest. And then here we are now. He's put, helped put this thing out, which I'm very grateful for. It's had some, gotten some head nods over in Europe, which I'm sure it wouldn't have without him. So he's pushing it across Europe and across Scandinavia and stuff for you guys. Yeah. That's great. And you've got some dates coming up over there too in September in Germany and Sweden. Yeah. We're doing the Reaper Vaughn Fest in Hamburg and then just stringing a few on after that, um, going up to Sweden to, to meet him really. And then hoping to get back there. It's, next year it's not as glorious and the and the drives are a lot longer but are you going to tour this record across canada at all well we're going to do a western canadian thing in november and, and by that i guess i mean alberta bc and then beyond that i don't have plans to do too much else i know i would be remiss if i didn't make it out to winnipeg you know in the next 12 months at least get out there once yeah, I mean, is, that, is it something that you miss doing, though? I mean, I know you didn't, like, I guess, you know, probably did a, a good healthy amount of touring with me uh, the last number of years would have been, like, semi-steady kind of going out uh, and doing more of that. Yeah. Is that something that you miss doing? Like, I mean, I, I know there's there's a, some pretty good infrastructure in Alberta where you live for live music and for, for festivals and stuff like that, and, and, uh, and you're getting some attention out there, but, like, do, do you miss the grind of going out there and doing it yeah and part of that is the difference between being a side guy and, a, and an artist which you know well mm-hmm. and um you know the, the and as you know the, the benefit of being a side guy teaches you so much about how to be an artist i feel it, it really can help you but yeah i, I miss uh, I, you know for sure just just going for it and just playing in that role as a steel player or whatever. It's a real unique thing that, that you're the steel player fronting the band. I know you're playing some guitar too, but it's, it's like it, that, that's got to turn some heads, man. Big time. It's like, Oh, the, the steel, he's a steel player and he's, and he's sort of running the band. I don't know of, of many other people out there that have done that over the years. Uh, well, shit. I kind of, I feel like I almost regret that. It's like, well, and it started with when I was playing a few shows after I did this record, it's like, well, four piece band, there's so much steel on the recordings. It has to be there. I kind of got to be there. And then how do I, you know, okay, I guess setting up a second microphone. Here we go. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's tricky. Um, not just the performance aspect of it, but logistically bringing both instruments and whatever and two singing positions. Yeah. I mean, well, yep. how did, how did you find your way to the steel guitar in the first place? Cause I know that when you, I know from talking to you over the years, like that wasn't your first instrument or even the first one that you were out playing with. So, so how did you find your way to the steel guitar, this impossible instrument to play and uh, in a short amount of years become quite proficient? I just found myself quite smitten, you know, at one and enough so that uh, I made the, I just have the mind that I had to get one and bought one, but it was just from listening to the music that 
that you and I both love, you know. So how many years ago is this that you grab that you pick up the steel guitar? Uh, ten years ago, about. So you must have went really hard, man. Like when you when you started playing, like you must have been playing all the time. Yeah, and it was a different time of life where I had all that time, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of how you got to get to it. If you got to go for it, and then you get got to get on stage, and you got to play loud. You can't just you got to at least act confident. <laughs> you need hours. You need hours. You need hours on stage to get it together. <laughs> get it together. Uh, what are you listening to these days? We haven't talked about this in a while, you know, because a handful of years ago when you were still on the radio, crushing, crushing the, uh, campus community airwaves with the chin up <laughs> record club really paved the way for my former show boots and saddle. And uh, for a time we were both, we were both on the air doing shows at the same time. And then you, uh, you moved on a few years before I moved on. Um, do, do, do you miss doing the show? Yeah, and you know what? Uh, and I thought of this at some point recently where it's like I had been doing the show for whatever it was, five or seven years, and you started. And I think in some ways it was like a weight off my shoulders. I'm like, okay, someone is now playing this music. I can I can start to let go, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's only that's only part of it. But I think there was some and I don't I don't know that I realized it at the time. Yeah. But I think there's a little truth in that. It's like, okay, now at least there's someone in Canada. I think that's fair to say. Oh yeah. I know th- there's others. There's there's we there's a small cohort that you and I both know that. Yeah, the, but the, the, uh, and uh, and I like those people and I know who you're talking about and there's a few of them and they play some country music, but it's it's not there I can't call those country shows in the way that I called mine or yours country shows. Well, things as again, things quickly slide off into Americana at the bottom of the hill, don't they? Yes. A hundred percent. They've co-opted the steel guitar, and it's 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 just a it's just a uh, 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 it, it 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 makes me a little angry. Yeah, we can't spend too much time. I don't want to spend too much time on that. I miss the uh, the radio was great. It was fun. It was a lot of learning of a different aspect of the I guess the music business. I had another. I had a question about the radio, and then I went off on this tangent about something, and I just asked you if you missed it. I forget what I was going to say, and I'll probably remember. Oh, later. Rec- what I've been listening to? Yeah, oh yeah, because back in those days when we were on the air, uh, I realized recently after I haven't done the show now for a few months, like that I spent so much time fucking listening to music and digging around on Bandcamp or Instagram or talking to you or Don Stixel or listening to Lawrence Peters shows, just obsessing and knowing everyone's move and everyone's release and when the record's coming out and I'm on the PR radio play uh, the email list and getting all the stuff, sifting through it. Getting all the stuff. All the shit and it's so exhausting and then once the show gets pretty good, then you're just getting emails all the time and I'm listening to literally everything that's getting sent to me because... I know what it's like to send your your music out and, sure. ha- and get crickets, but like uh, I I kind of liked knowing what was going on, but I really am happy not to be spending all that time uh, going through it, you know. So I don't really know what's going on. There's a few records I have saved that I'm going to listen to when I'm on the road and I have some time, but uh, but I haven't really listened to anything new since early this year. Um, do, 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 can you do you got anything for me? I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of in that same boat now, um, in that same experience with being on, you know, on the forefront, and now I've, I'm I'm way in the back. Just so I, I, you know, I listen to a generous amount of basically country music from the '60s, I guess, and the you know greatest hits record, I, I guess you could call them, mm-hmm. ones that you and I both love. And then, you know, some of the contemporary guys doing the country music thing, whether that's um, Zephaniah O'Hora or Logan Ledger or who else can I think of, you know, some f- folks like that. Or, But I listen to a lot of this just on the sidelines of country music, singer-songwriter stuff, whether that's Kurt Wagner or Bill Callahan or... Cass McCombs, guys like Robbie Falks and stuff like that. I know mm-hmm. you like a lot too. And, you know, I think of some of those guys that are some sort of crafty songwriters. And uh, I think of guys like Lee Hazelwood. I've been listening to 
Trouble is a lonesome town a lot. I've noticed that you're listening. I, I actually, I have a copy of it right behind me. Someone lent me a, like a long time ago. Oh man, you got to dig back. in. Yeah, I've listened to it a few times. I have to I really, like again, I have to really dig in and I, I haven't had a ton of time lately. Um, but I did say, you're talking about like a, you know, traditional country music and you've talked a lot about sandwiches lately too. And I, I noticed that there is a, <laughs> there is a, a sandwich uh, quote here on your website, but there's also something that says that you are uh, firmly part of a new generation of artists pushing country forward into the 21st century. You're pushing it forward. Um, wh- what does that mean to you? What does that mean? What are you pushing? What are you pushing? It's like, because I, I, I've had this talk before too, where people say, you can't just uh, you know stay stuck in some some time frame. You have to like it's it's your responsibility as an artist to push things forward and take these chances. And sometimes I'm like okay, and other times I'm like no. Like what's wrong with country music 1966? What what why are you fucking pushing that forward? <laughs> Not you, but you know what I mean. Yes, you know yeah, what I'm saying. No. And, and, I know, and, and, I, th- and, and I, I think I get it. But but what do you mean? What does what does this mean? Well, I'm not sure, you know, as to who wrote that, what they were thinking, but I think for me, it's like, I still, those country music forms, you know, when I say that, I mean, you know, the typical changes and typical sort of feels Yeah, that stuff. I just, it's like, uh, it's like the fibers of my existence, you know, it's so hard for me. That's, that's where I land more times than not mm-hmm. but i guess for me it's i like the it's the subtle twists on the country conventions i guess you could say that's the stuff i like and i don't know that i always do it but that's what i think of you know whether and it's mostly i guess maybe in, in a lyrical approach but sometimes it's in it's in um choices in, in in instrumentation i guess in parts and maybe or maybe it's adding a couple bars here and there little things or landing on a major seven chord at the end of a song something i sometimes like to do you know it's little things like that yeah yeah you've done a good job at that i think and you do you do a good job at that of uh of i mean these are undeniable undeniably country music songs like at least most of them anyways and uh um you, you do a really good job of that i'll say Better than oh, most. Thanks, um, I don't well, know. I don't know how you do it. I don't know where these songs come from. Like, like the most success I had writing was you forcing me to sit with you and kind of go through things and be critical, without being you know precious about it. But I have a hard time doing it, and and uh, uh, I don't I don't know I don't know where they where they come from for you and these these one liners that you're really good at sort of shooting out. Yeah. Well, thank. Yeah, we had a nice rhythm sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And that's what it's about. You know, I have one other friend that I co-write with that, you know, Mike, mm-hmm. Mike Granzo is his name. And um, it's just being comfortable with the person. And then, and what it does too is often ends up, it's you're detaching yourself from the, you know, so typical first person narrative approach, right? Mm-hmm. And that can be very good for me. Um you know, it's like in, in songs, it's so often that, um, and, and this is the beauty of good songs is that you feel like you can, you connect or understand the person that's authoring them through the lyrics. You really feel what they're saying. But uh, I, at least in recent years, I've been enjoying, you know, being a little detached, writing, you know, more of a story like approach, less narratives, more just little non sequiturs or whatever, you know, phrases that I think sound good, mm-hmm. not because it connects, not because it connects a, you know, a long literal thing. It's like, uh, Todd Snyder says something like, uh, the, 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 the lyrics in these songs aren't necessarily my opinion. They just rhymed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That That's an example of it for sure. Are you doing co-writing stuff these days? Like I know we haven't done anything in quite a long time on it, but I know you and Mike, still do some right yeah we sometimes do and sometimes like it's the it's works so great because when you're stuck on a song i know i have someone that well i like this enough to keep at it here you go yeah you know do you got a, a lot on the go, do you got a lot on the go right now uh i got a few i kind of got a batch i'm putting together and i, th- I think i told you but uh i want to make a record like kind of a 
more of a fun record, more of just kind of on the nose, shake your perm, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. really goes over at the, at the club or whatever. I've, I've got some of those songs and, uh, I want to do a record like that. Uh, something that, I, that I haven't seen in almost any of the press or almost, uh, anywhere lately. And, 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 and I mean, I guess it's five or six years ago, but you did the compilation record, skinny Dick and friends, the 21 nighters, which I thought was a great idea. And, uh, and really, really cool. You, you sort of shine a light on all these artists, and then you just crack a pint right there. Yeah. What kind? Uh, <laughs> it's a new gin soda. People love that shit these days. I see them everywhere. <laughs> they didn't have that stuff when I used to drink. I know. Man, only the same, in the last couple of years. Going through the same shit as my dad. My dad used to go to the liquor store, or the beer store, and just and be just blown away like a kid at the toy store. Like they didn't have all this great stuff <laughs> when I drink, and yeah. now I'm finding myself doing the same thing. The compilation it was really cool, and uh, and people don't really know too much about it. It, it, it it's probably on on the uh, is it on your Bandcamp page? Yeah, it's on there. Okay, so but it's not on the streaming sites. Either are the uh, canned chicken demos, which I think are really great songs too. I'm wondering if uh, the, the, the people in streaming service, streaming platform land, will ever get a, a chance to hear those tunes, or if it's just Bandcamp only. Well, you gotta, I you know, as I've alluded to, keep a little mystery intact. Like so, what I'll say is that uh, no, probably not. There'll be a few that you'll only be be able to find through a real inside line. <laughs> is it fair to say, though, <laughs> is it fair to say that you used to have a, a real problem with the streaming platforms, and that's why those records aren't up there? That, yeah, well, as you know, I, I um, that's how I... That was my MO, that uh, the streaming thing... Um, you, were, you were adamantly against it. Yeah. And... Uh, you came and around. Part though. of me still is, but I don't want to spend time on it. You know. But what, yeah, what, 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 what changed your mind? Like, what 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 made you uh, put put the record up? Get to know Lonesome. Well, you're just you're just global globalization. That's the official answer. <laughs> globalization. <laughs> yeah. Well, in a post perestroika political environment. <laughs> Uh, no, I digress. I, uh, it, I'm glad I did. You know, at first I put up three songs on streaming. Oh, right. I didn't have yeah. a, I didn't have a clue. Yes. I didn't have a, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I put three songs and then, um, and then dreaming was starting to have success and it's like, Oh yeah. And, and totally saying, by well, chance. You, like you didn't you, p- pitch that song to anyone. No, I had no idea what I was doing. That's great. And then, and then figured out how to put the rest up. A friend of mine helped me. And uh, it's like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Streaming has a place. We'll always have a place now in, uh, you know, in the consumption of music and that's fine. Um, but I just, I'd like it if, if, um, everyone would allow a small place in their hearts for physical formats of, uh, of every kind. And you have CDs of palace waiting like, uh, right now at your house. Yeah, I got CDs. Um, yeah, they're printed in Sweden, but they play on, but they play, they play the, but they'll play here in Canada. <laughs> but they play on my unit here in the garage. Well, sometimes you play to a packed house, and other times you play to the tables and chairs. <laughs> and uh, I wish you all the all the all the luck with the with the release and with the subsequent tour dates, especially going all the way over there to Germany and Sweden. I think that's great, man. Thanks, buddy. It's a good record, and uh, and uh, where can people find it, and where can people buy shit from you? They're best to buy it on Bandcamp through me in in North America and Europe. Uh, you can buy it through Sound Asleep Records. Well, uh, I haven't done the done many interviews lately, uh, and that's my uh, performance here this evening shows. But um, uh, it's been thirty episodes, and and finally here. I mean, you find you have something you know worth talking about new. So thank you for taking the time, um, and uh, maybe you haven't been interviewed on the show but you've appeared in every episode at the very end. Do you know that? Yeah, I do, buddy. I've, I mean, I've listened to most and, uh, yeah, no, Hey, I don't expect, I don't expect a a sincere pat on the back to you for digging up all this treasured Canadian country music that, uh, without you maybe would have gone 
Maybe would have laid a waste, you know. I don't know. It's you've been lost. in our, you've been archival. I'm trying. Thank you. I'm trying. And there's some more folks that I need to track down and talk to. Some of them, I think, some of them are skeptical or they don't know. You know, the like, yeah. Anyways, I'm trying to find yep. some more. I'm trying to find yep. some more. They're hard to find. And I've talked to some folks that are like, you know, in their 70s or early 80s, and some of them remembered so much great stuff. So yeah, it was really oh, good. There's yeah, some good. Man. There's some good stuff there. I've loved so many of those episodes, and so a sincere head nod to you. And you finish everyone, you know, every every episode, the, the phone <laughs> rings, and, uh, you know, hello or whatever, you say hello, and then uh, I say, uh, I say, what do you got for me? It's been so great, and uh, I guess, I hope this isn't the last episode. I hope you're not just sort of, you're not um, no. tricking me here. No, 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 but I want to put you on the spot uh, before we say before we uh before we wrap this up so so what have you got for me well bro i prefer to remain only gently self-aware i can accept that (laughs) i can accept that uh thanks man hey you know i I know i texted you about this earlier and i should have mentioned it like 30 minutes ago but uh, the last interview with Carter, I uh, I debuted a song from the record before it was released, and here here we are chatting a week and a half before your record comes out. So, so maybe we can debut a song here from the from the new record. Uh, yeah. Right now, is that is that cool for you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, do you have one in mind? We gave Hey Who's Counting a lot of a lot of energy. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you play Cutting Off All Tires? I like the I like the guitar interplay on this one. It's a it's a beautiful country music song. Thanks, pal. Uh, thanks for taking the time here to chat with me. I know you've got a lot going on uh, all the time. Oh, it feels that way. Yeah, that's that's the that's the way she goes now. Yeah, I'm part of it. I'm part of it. You are now, my Card friend. Congratulations. Thanks, yes. pal. Thanks, pal. It's good <laughs> good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too, buddy. Well, friends. I hope that you enjoyed my chat with Skinny Dick. Thanks to Ryan for taking the time to join me on the podcast. Listen to Skinny Dick's albums uh, most places that you stream music for a nominal monthly fee or check him out at skinnydick.com or go support at skinnydick.bandcamp.com. Follow along with the Northern Report Spotify playlist to hear music from the folks that have covered here on the podcast, as well as back in the Honky Tonk Times columns. Remember to subscribe, like, follow, share, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your mom, leave a rating for the Northern Report. It goes a long way for the podcast, and I certainly do appreciate you taking a time to do so. Our logo was created by Boots Graham. Music on the show today, courtesy of Sean Burns and Lost Country, The Divorcees, and Skinny Dick. From local legends to regional stars, to the cream of the Canadian crop, you're going to find it all here on the Northern Report. Thanks for tuning in, friends, and stick around for the world premiere of Cutting Off All Ties from Skinny Dick and his new EP, Palace Waiting. I've got a woman Always on my mind When I look back at her As it dries She's not leaving me She's cutting off all ties Imagine my surprise Cutting off all ties Couldn't stand the thought Saying goodbye Now she's free to leave I wonder where she